On this episode of the Humans and AI podcast, we have Darby Rollins joining us, who is actually the world's number one Jasper AI user. He's the founder of the AI author, and I've even heard him talk about a seven-day challenge where he knows something or two about how to write a book in seven days using AI. So I'm really excited to dive into all this stuff and much more on today's episode. Darby, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Alex. Thanks for having me. Excited for you to be here. So I, I got to ask the first question right away because the audience is probably wondering this too. And if you don't know what Jasper AI is, by the way, it's a really, really popular AI-based company right now. We'll get into what it is and how to use it and that kind of stuff. But if you just did a quick Google search, you'd figure it out. But how does one get to be the world's number one Jasper AI user? Is that really a thing? I guess it's a thing. And if I was the first person to, to send them money as a customer of Jasper back in uh, December 2020, um, I think it's a, a lot of interesting roads led to uh, that um, that coming to chance um, and being a thing. But, you know, I, mean, I think a mix of being in the right place at the right time, but also just having the right relationships with cool entrepreneurs that were building a cool product at the time led to an explosion, as we're seeing right now in the AI, in the AI world. So you were one of the first customers or the first customer? The first, yeah. Wow, that's so wild, man. That's so wild. And now are you really the number one? Do you use the most credits on Jasper? I wouldn't say I use the most credits because you got like content agencies and people that are just right. like power users with power users on their accounts. And so they're using right. tons and tons of, you know, credits every month. Um, but, you know, I do have, uh, I guess... In terms of number one user being like the first person to actually get on the platform and start to yeah. really work with a tool for you know developing templates and for my own business at the time, which was a copywriting agency. Um, wow. Yeah, it's been really cool to see how the, the platform yeah, has so evolved cool. since then. This is so cool, man. I got so many great questions that we'll ask. And if you guys are listening, watching, like this is gonna be probably one of the best episodes. So um, so I wanna, I wanna take you back a little bit and just for the audience to get some context too. Can you take us back to the moment in time where you realized that AI was going to be extremely disruptive and really the moment that you realized it was going to be a big part of your life? Yeah, totally. Let me think for a second, because um, it wasn't the moment that I, I signed on with Jasper initially. Like that was I was a really exciting. I remember there's kind of two moments here because there's one where I was with my, uh, my roommate at the time, um, one of my better friends, uh, Austin Distel is also the CMO at Jasper. And so that, that's kind of how I got linked up with the company right as it was getting going. Nice. Um, but they'd been running their startup and, and doing that stuff for, for several years at that point um, before the Jasper um, became a thing. And I remember we were looking, as like, hey, like we got access to this new tool. <laughs> this is pretty cool. Yeah. Like, look what we can do with it for our own Facebook ads. And like, we're looking at like Amazon listings with it too. And it was like, wow, we were both like standing in the, living room at our, our place at the time we were like this could be huge we need to like get on top of this <laughs> and <laughs> right what was now it back then? And like walk us through because i think that, some that, people that, do know jasper today but even for yeah. me like this is 2020 right like what was it like back then yeah this was D december 2020 january 2021 um i i at that time i was very burnt out burn like running the candle at both ends um whatever that saying goes mm -hmm. uh trying to keep up with client demand um in terms of like fulfillment because i was doing all yep. my copywriting for like amazon listings and, and that sort of stuff so i was working with amazon sellers and agencies and it's just burnt out it's like man this is a lot of work but you know i'm working to pay rent and put food on the table and um was getting it done and i was thinking as like we were talking about this ai stuff we were looking at, I was looking at all like the other options out there, which I think copy AI was the only other one I had some exposure to. I, I had yeah. te very, very briefly played around with it when it was like Google headline generator and like a few other um, just really simple templates. I was like, cool, but this isn't going to help me like write like my Amazon listing pro listings specifically. So I wasn't really that interested. And that was a few months before I started talking with Austin and Dave about, um, like Jasper and they're like, Hey, we got access to this technology. And that first month of January was really interesting because everyone was kind of dabbling their toes into it. And we had a, a small little Facebook group 
the, the in, back then it was called conversion AI um, before it was then called Jarvis, which now it's called Jasper because Disney, yeah. um, we won't <laughs> don't need to go into that in super, <laughs> super detail. But um, month one was really interesting because it, it felt like a bunch of like, just what's the right word for it? Like entrepreneurs that were just kind of like, not like troublemakers, but just like, Oh, we got access to this tech and we're like doing all this really cool stuff. And like, we all felt like real insiders that like, I, nobody know nobody's using this stuff right now for like this type of marketing content. We were out in the Jasper, like inside of the Facebook group too, we're like having all kinds of like, you know, ideas, people were sharing how they were using this tools. And there was a lot of, like a real sense of camaraderie and collaboration, um, you know, at a very small community at that time, we were just like, Hey, this is awesome product highlighting what people are doing with it. But I remember still coming into it, like running into a roadblock myself at that time where I was like, I can use this tool for doing the work now, which is like, or helping me with doing the work for a copywriting gigs, my Amazon clients, but it wasn't helping me like generate more leads, which is like, kind of what I needed to generate. I didn't have any sort of content for myself. I wasn't producing blogs. I had very minimal presence in terms of like where I was at on Twitter and still relatively minimal. I don't do a ton on Twitter as of right now, but I, I wasn't even doing blog posts about what I was doing. Like I knew I was really good at what I could do, but I look at all these other freelancers out there. I was like, how, how do I differentiate myself from a tool like Jasper or from other people on the marketplace? And so out of frustration at the end of January in 2021, I, I was, I was kind of like looking through the Facebook group and I was, I was talking with Austin. It's like, I need to start writing some blogs right away. And, and one of the, one of the members of the Facebook group, he's now works with the affiliate side of Jasper, Sean Vossler. He, he posted this really cool breakdown of like, here's how to use this headline generator template in Jasper and then use a blog outline template to write a bunch of blog ideas for your outline based on that headline that you generated. And now here's how you take the paragraph generator template and sentence expander, which I think we broke that template after we did what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> but he's like, here's this workflow that I did. And he's like, I wrote this really cool blog post and it took me 15 minutes. I was like, whoa, that's cool. So I started playing around with that process and in like an hour I had written somewhere along the lines of like four or 5,000 words of like a really good first draft of a massive blog post. And I was like, you know, if I can write 5,000 words in like an hour and a half, I bet you I can write a book for myself as like a business owner to drive leads for me in a weekend. And that was on a Friday afternoon. So I kind of had like the first running start and I made a post on my Facebook wall and basically went heads down the rest of that weekend and came out of it with like a short hundred page, like nonfiction business kind of like lead gen book that was called Amazon copywriting secrets. And I printed it like on Amazon through their, their printing service. And I was holding it in my hand by like Tuesday, the next week. Wow. And I wanted the whole reason I wanted this book was so I could like mail it to people that I knew were already working with me to show them this book that they could also refer it, but then have a place where I could just say, Hey, here's my book. You can go learn more about what I do inside of this book. If you want to work with me, that's great. And that was really the shift where I realized like, like, holy cow, like now I like I'm a self-published author. Like I've never written a book before. That's really cool. Was it the greatest book in the world? No. Like did it, did it go through like quality assurance and editing before it got published? Yes. Are there still mistakes in it? Sure. Does it matter if it makes me like more confident in my ability and it puts me at a different sort of like level compared to like how I perceive myself even amongst competitors in the space. And ultimately it made me more confident in my abilities that I did know what I did, <laughs> that, that I, I do know what I know. And now I have it basically laid out in a simple book. And that actually turned into more business for me because one of my clients, I ended up sending some projects my way because he referred the book and it got me some more business. It's like, sweet. It did what I wanted it to do. I didn't have plans to be a bestseller. I didn't have plans to take this to the New York times. But after I wrote that book in that first week, or really the first weekend that kicked off the seven day book challenge amongst that community at that time, where we basically just had a big challenge and said, Hey, hey if everyone here has a book in their head, wants to write a book for your business, get it out. Like let's use Jasper. Let's like put the pedal to the metal and let's go seven days, no excuses. 
and like 12 or 13 books got published after that first seven day challenge. Like again, like relatively shorter, like 100, 150 page, like nonfiction books, like that were very, very specific. And what I realized after like doing that first book and going through that challenge, and we've, we've hosted dozens of those challenges since then and do workshops now and everything was that the act of writing a book is like, you can't fake going through that process. And you learn so much about so many different things that go into that the type of content you need for a book, which is obviously like the title, the outlines, the, the blurbs, the, the descriptions, the marketing material, all of this stuff comes in. But there was one common denominator in all of this is that we were all like using AI to help us like grow our businesses and books were one way that we were doing it. But now if you know how to write a book with AI, like you can pretty much do anything you want. <laughs> right. And that was kind of like what everyone came out of. It was like, wow. I not only like now have a book, I can use that book as the cornerstone for all of my content. And you, know, even if all you're doing is writing a manuscript, that's going to be an advanced reader's copy of your book. And it's still going to take three, six months to finalize and get out there. You're doing the majority of the hardest part of it in a very condensed amount of time which then lets you get your book into editors, to formatters, to design the cover, to build the marketing, which, and then you know use the book as that cornerstone to ultimately build your business and your platform. And that's really was the, like the, the catalyst that led to where we're talking today and having helped and influenced like hundreds, if not thousands of books, you know, written with AI tools. Um, mm -hmm. And this is just the starting point, you know, like, and that was yeah. two years before ChatGPT was even like, a thing on the market well that's now gonna you say, see people I mean, books you know <laughs> even faster yeah. now yeah i mean if you're thinking like if you're listening to this and you haven't been paying close attention to ai the last year or so like you may think oh 2020 2021 that's not that long ago in ai years that's like 20 years ago <laughs> like you are an og if you're using ai like this to this level in 2020 and 2021 i don't even remember people talking about it to be honest in 2020 and 2021 so this is why this conversation is so cool because you've you've got experience from the last couple of years, not just the past three or four months, which most people have with ChatGPT. So speaking of ChatGPT then, can you break down the differences with, you know, I'm a customer of Jasper AI. I like the tool, we use it quite a bit. We also use ChatGPT. Most people are familiar with ChatGPT at this point, although I did talk to somebody today, <laughs> an executive at a company and I was like, are you guys using ChatGPT? And he's like, What's that? And I was like, what? <laughs> but most people do know, I think the audience here, especially they listen to episode number one, they definitely know what ChatGPT is and a little bit about what it can do. How does it differ than Jasper AI? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a great question. And something that is a very common question, especially as, as kind of ChatGPT is really taking the mainstream by storm. And is it a few ways initially that I see it immediately different is one is ChatGPT um, is, built from the company OpenAI, which is one of the resources that Jasper taps into for generating its AI powered content as well. Um, ChatGPT is a very simple chat interface, which means that you can ask it a question, give it a prompt, you'll get an answer. Well, you're, you're not going to be able to edit that answer like a document or a word editor inside of that interface. And so you're a little bit limited there to that nature. Now, I, I also use both tools. I use them kind of in collaboration, depending on what I'm doing specifically. Um, but there, there's some cool things you can do with um, chat GPT, especially with GPT-4 that just, you know, came out a week ago, um, much longer form content um, that you can generate right on like with a simple command. Um, and it's really great at producing what I found is like really solid outlines and places to like really build like a framework or a template or a structure from. Um, but if you want to like work and refine and do that stuff inside of chat GPT, like, and the way that I work and work with it directly is that it's really great for certain types of content and outputs, but it doesn't have all the pre-built templates that you have with a tool like Jasper. And you'll notice a, like a number of other AI writing tools is I want to generate a blog post idea. I want to ge generate a workflow. I want to generate a, uh, a, creative story about something. Well, all of these templates are essentially prompts and commands that have been engineered by the developers um, that you're, you're working with on these tools. Like Jasper has like 100 plus developers, at least now, that are working with refining this tool, training the AI on different models and, and helping the outputs be better and also easily editable and adjustable and in the tone of voice that you're looking at here. You can get a lot of 
you can you can execute inside of chat gpt very similarly the type of content that you can generate on a per template basis in jasper but that also requires you being like quote like unquote like a prompt engineer and like really understanding mm. what it means to give great inputs to generate great outputs you give poor inputs you're going to get like mediocre outputs same goes with jasper right, right? but with Jasper, all the pre-built templates and workflows that you get, and we haven't, we're not even talking about like recipes that you can customize and, and use in that nature, is like the hard work's been done for you. So basically, you just need to like go and copy and paste content that's already out there or ask Jasper to help you kind of brainstorm and research different types of content and put it in, and then you're going to get the content out. You don't need to be a prompt engineer. Not that that doesn't help with right. your understanding of how to use these tools, but I think for a simplicity of use, and especially for like business owners and, and marketers that like they know what they need, but they're maybe managing tons of different clients and they like or are juggling way too many things at once, then having a pre-built set of templates or workflows that's just ready to go and rock and roll right there is that's a big a benefit to Jasper. But if you want to but if you want to yeah. make your own apps and stuff, then like ChatGPT is a good gateway into learning how to like go right to open AI as well. And I think that's something that we're seeing now with like the wide range of use cases with this is that like entrepreneurs now it's like the golden age it seems like for being able to build faster with a lot less risk because now you can tap into the source of open ai and start to build your own apps for things and like that's great but like not everyone wants to build their own app with this stuff some people are running right. businesses and have all this other stuff going on that you don't necessarily need that and so it, it's it's multiple different reasons as to why one might be better than the other, but that's kind of my initial take as of how the tools are used right now. What are some of the keys or best practices? You mentioned, you mentioned good inputs, you get good outputs, bad inputs, you get bad outputs other than maybe, and we can go into this a little bit, but the prompts and the things that you put in, what are some best practices uh, or keys to creating great content using AI? I think immediately, but what comes to mind is like understanding, like kind of like starting with the end in mind. Like if you understand where you want the AI to lead you to from a prompt, then you're going to be able to kind of like think about the steps or at least let the AI think about the steps for you there. Like if I saw a funny one on like, like I don't know all the details to the story, but the guy's like telling chat GPT to like come up with like a grocery list with a hundred dollars for him. And then it goes and goes and does all of that stuff. But he took it like 15 steps further and was like, set all these different appointments up and do X, Y, or Z. And like, like basically like, I think he broke a lot of people's like <laughs> brains in terms of like what these tools can do, but like best practice is like, try to break the thing. And then you'll be surprised as to like what you can create. But if you can think 20 steps ahead and then kind of reverse engineer, what would you tell somebody or a team of people do that? then you could take things back and start to like articulate it and then just sit back and like watch the AI work because it's, it's shocking, honestly, how much mm -hmm. like it can fill in from just like that yeah. general direction. Yeah, I think you're right. That's what I've noticed too, is like push, push it a little bit, like give it more stuff, like give it more context, give it more prompts, like push it. And you can always change. You can always take back and, and change it up. Um, so let's say I'm, Let's give an example here. Let's say I'm trying to create a text post for uh, LinkedIn, and I want it to be 2,000, 3,000 characters, and I'm trying to can I'm trying to show business owners the ROI of video content, right? An amateur might go in and go, you know, if they're using ChatGPT. If they got Jasper, they got better prompts. To your point earlier, like that's why Jasper is nice. But if you're in ChatGPT, let's say you've got the open box there, and you're typing, you know, make me a LinkedIn post about why you know the roi of, of video content for business owners and entrepreneurs what do i do to that phrase or sentence to make it 10 times more effective for the output well i would provide start with like a lot more context like for what you want it to go because like write a bit write, write a post for business owners on you know like what you did what was the topic the roi the roi like, of video content for entrepreneurs let's say yeah if you say like write a post on the roi of video content for entrepreneurs like that in itself is like will generate you like a, a decent like post right it's just vague but though, right? it's very yeah. general right and that's one yeah. thing I, I think like when people are coming in and just starting to understand these tools and even people that have been using them for a while like i think we 
what I've come to realize is that AI is like very much a generalist. And so it's so um, smart about so many things on a general level, but you tend to find that a lot of times without the proper like context or like information that you really want to direct it with is that it's going to stay that kind of surface level might be filled with fluff. It's not really going to go deeper on things. And so you have unique experiences, Alex. You have an understanding of like from your clients that you've worked with, how to develop ROI based on like all of these different metrics that you've gotten, like mm-hmm. what perspectives and what what's unique that you can bring to the table that the AI might not necessarily ever know because it's just an AI, but it can take that and now it can start putting the pieces together. And so you can take that same, like write me a video post on X or a LinkedIn post on X, but then like above that box, you can copy and paste like literally like I was testing it out today, like around like 15,000 characters worth of like context in there. You could say like, here's like a case study that I did on an interview and you can go copy and paste maybe like a case study that you did in an interview from the transcription file, paste that text into there, reference the context above and write me a post about this. Well, now you're taking something that you've already created. You're using the AI to process the natural language and then turn it into the next step of like the completed product. But like, yes, literally you're now you're taking, you're feeding yourself into the AI rather than taking what everyone's fed into it on a general level. And you're getting it to focus and pull from your own perspectives, which, you know, again, like just that alone is a pretty powerful like tip for that's it using chat. Yeah, that's it, man. That's where I was getting at. Like, if you just go in there and you're very general, write me a post about XYZ topic. Like you're right. It's going to write you a post, but it's probably not going to have a strong hook. There's going to be no spe- you know, specifics in there. There's going to be no context. There's not going to be any story. And so I think to your point exactly, go into it and provide a quick case study or, hey, add in that we were working with you know Andrew and he won you know a six-figure deal in the first five months from posting video content on LinkedIn. You know, Add those things in there because that's what gives, you got to give the AI the ammunition. You got to give it the, the power, the fuel and then it takes it and then it does all the hard stuff that we don't want to do, which is like structure it all together and make it sound kind of cool. And I found st- still, and I'm sure you would agree, Darby, you still got to go through and change things. Like sometimes the hooks are just kind of weak, even though you can prompt it with that. I can say, hey, make sure the first three seconds or the first line of the post is really, you know, attention getting for business owners between two to five million dollars a year in business. And it's, you know, uh, maybe in a disruptive voice or something like that. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you would add on to? Once I get all the context in there, once I get the stories or the or whatever I want in there, is there anything to the actual structure like hooks or you know how it transitions or the voice that you write in? Anything there that you want to hit on? Yeah, and and when you're building like these sort of prompts and like how you're setting them all up, like the AIs can reference a lot of different data points. And so like kind of what you're asking of like if you want to rent write in a certain tone of voice, like include that. And I was just reading an article before we got on here, um, give a few examples. And Ryan Holiday is a very popular author um, who has a, a distinct style, just as like if you were to write in the style of Oprah Winfrey, you would you would have a, a, a style that would be a little bit more like different, right? Than yeah. someone that's maybe like Ryan Holiday, Oprah, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, like all these different people that have personalities. Well, the AIs can pick up on that and they can also pick on like really specific direction. But before we get into the prompt structure, I do want to just call out quickly that if you don't understand, like know what to look for with what's good copy and what's good otherwise, then like, like that's still kind of where I, I fall back to because it's, like, it's like, <laughs> this might sound great, <laughs> but I mean, you, I like, and I have the, you know, I'm grateful to, to work with some like really pro- prolific um, copywriters and developing some AI models with them. And it's like, you write something that like sounds good. And there's like, Oh my God, I would never like, like, why would you say that? And they're like, edit it. And then like, Oh, that's why you're an A-list copywriter because like right. you've been trained and you learn that stuff. And yes, like the AIs will come out with stuff that like sounds really good too. And sometimes it is really good copy, but if you don't know how to choose what's good and what's not, just as you don't know how to choose who your target market is, if you choose an off target market, maybe your messaging is catered to dads in the thirties, but your AI is writing to like a, like a, you know, college, you know, teenage, like sorority, you know, someone in a sorority in college, right? Like the messaging is going to be different for those two targets. 
it's your choice as to what you're giving the AI that's going to help influence that that model. And so I think like going into any prompt is really stressing like our create our critical thinking. How are we processing the information? How do we need this information to come out there? And really putting more effort into like the thought that we're putting behind the content because it doesn't take us the, the same amount of time. It takes us 10x, 100 less time to generate the content. But if you have bad ideas, if you have bad research, and if you like don't know how to edit or choose what's good content, then you're still going to end up with super generic content where it's not going to hit mm-hmm. the mark for what you want. So if yep. we're going back into prompts now to be specific, right? You want to set the prompt up in a way that's going to literally like move the AI forward and what you want it to create. So I like, like, Hey, chat GPT, I'm writing a, like a, a LinkedIn article that stresses the importance of like YouTube videos and to create like high ROI campaigns for your video content on YouTube. I'm writing specifically to business owners who want to start doing more video content, but aren't sure what to do. I need you inside of this thing to pull out the top three questions that are related to the top pain points that these business owners have, and then craft a script around that content. And like in my head, I'm just like, okay, what do I want to articulate to this person here? Yes. Like, don't even get stuck on like, I have to type this stuff out here. Like quite literally, I use just a voice dictation app and do what I just did. Like you described it to me earlier, Alex, like, if I wanted to write this type of video and this type of thing, what would I ask the AI? Well, I would just keep walking down that sort of like process of like, where do you want this movie to go? Like and end up. And now you're the director in charge. You're, you're the mm-hmm. editor in chief and yep. you've got this super powerful AI for unlimited brainstorming, unlimited ideas, and unlimited execution on copy. Well, now you get to stand in the, the driver's seat and know which way you want to turn it and kind of fine tune that direction. Uh, but once you find some of these prompts that work really well and resonate with your own tone of voice, like write with a mixture of Alex Hermosi and like Tim Ferriss with undertones of like compassion and empathy, like you could come up with some really cool ways that will influence how the AI writes. And like even just adding a word like use academic terminology here is going to make it write in a little bit more of an academic style for just example. And so, you know, again, the thought that goes into these prompts directly influences the output, but also thinking through the process and really what you want is going to help speed up that time to result. That's already fast, but even faster with better outputs. It's interesting in in both interviews now in this show, I've heard the word director come up as being in control and kind of direct creatively directing and prompting where things go. And it's so interesting to see the, the skill sets evolve. What, what you had to do two, three, four, five years ago now, you've got a tool that does so many things. So the skill set is not doing that thing that the, that the tool does anymore. The skill set is knowing how to use the tool and being the director. And so that's, it's just really interesting as I'm having these conversations. So you mentioned you work with some elite copywriters what are the best copywriters doing right now with AI? I know when ChatGPT came out and Jasper, a lot of copywriters were like, oh my gosh, like what's this going to do to my business? Especially like a lot of LinkedIn ghostwriters and things like that. And, you know, we've made a lot of changes in our business and video and I'm going to get to that next. But what are some of those elite copywriters doing right now? Number one thing is AI for brainstorming just different perspectives and just different ideas for like what you can come up with is at that level, like at the, like the A-list level is, I mean, like you generally will know what you want to like, what's good and what's bad. And so the ability to kind of select through the content that you're like, Hey, I need to come up with some angles for this ad campaign. I'm gonna give it context. 10 ideas might be trash, but that one, that one might give me an idea that I can then take and kind of unfold and layer back and layer back. And as I start to select those ideas, um, you, you end up like 30 minutes down the road. Like, how did I end up here? Well, I got that initial like seed idea that was the catalyst for like all of these other ideas, but now I'm, I'm still entering my own perspective, my own thought in. And the other thing is like being a great copywriter, you develop your own processes for writing high converting content whatever the medium is like you might be pulling from the greats um, and like using a lot of like the the time and tested resources, but you'll say, okay, well, this is a format that I know crushes it with myself and my clients. And so, you know, some people are just now like they're just making their own variations of, of, you know, 
building off of OpenAI and developing just like ultra powerful tools that are very catered for specific types of like direct response um, or other in other cases as well. But you basically can clone your brain and your thought process and your mental models now with the proper development and using these tools. So I'm seeing the best copywriters like ingraining themselves in this technology so that other people can tap into the genius of that copywriter. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're, you're selling a great product, hopefully, and that you're getting people results and you're making the world, world a better place, which is also a theme amongst the, the, the better marketers and copywriters that I know is that they're all ethically selling and they're all trying to make the world a better place. And the only way to do that is by selling more of their products and getting more people that result that they offer here. And so they've been doing that themselves. Now these AI tools and how they can train the AI is just going to open up the opportunity for even more people to tap into the greatest minds, you know, for writing sales copy and such. But I, I think we're going to see as the industry grows, the same thing applying to like fiction authors and other people in different industries that have very specialized skill sets and perspectives that, you know, we're still not quite there yet in terms of like adoption on like the fiction writing community, though a lot of people in use fiction use it for brainstorming and that sort of stuff. But I mean, I think we're going to start seeing AIs that are a lot more specifically trained on fiction, on storytelling, on these big time authors that, I mean, just think about like the biggest best-selling authors in the world. Imagine them coming out with their own versions of AI that's trained on their process for telling stories, right? Yeah. And now you use stories, you can put those anywhere in your marketing and your brand messaging and or just communicating in general with people in your life. So let's go flash back three years ago. I'm a copywriter and maybe I'm helping people write blog posts, LinkedIn text posts, whatever. Let's just pretend it's kind of social media content three years ago to 2020. If I flash back forward to that same person or that same agency, let's say in 2023 now, March, is, am I producing, or are those copywriters producing more content because they're more efficient now with AI? Are they producing better quality content? Is it both? What's, how would you look at it three years ago from now? I think something that I've seen with, uh, like an e-commerce company, for example, I was talking with about this is they have like a chief copywriter and then they had like these junior copywriters that would do stuff and that would ultimately need to be edited anyways. And I was like, okay, like how let's say they're working with three different copywriters and this was six months ago. Right. And so like it's very similar situation because they never heard of Jasper before. <laughs> I met them yeah. at a conference. They were like, oh my God, this is insane. You like it takes mind. us so much time to do it. And so like, imagine that person is the agency owner years ago. The problems that they were running into was that they're managing a bunch of junior copywriters who ultimately weren't delivering the type of quality that they really wanted to in a fast enough turnaround. And they'd run into issues like this should have been done a day ago. It's been a week. Like we're now slow on launching this product. And then I connect them with a tool like Jasper and have a, have a chat with um, their chief copywriter. And I'm not, I don't know necessarily how they're, if they're, they've learned to train these copywriters on Jasper to then like follow a specific process. Like there's so many ways you could go about training and using this stuff. But ultimately he's like, wow, if I could just like use this tool, I'm getting better outputs immediately than in <laughs> 10 seconds than it was taking a week for another copywriter to do which in this case is removing that as a bottleneck for their business. It's making their chief copywriter who's already doing this work that much more effective. Um, but I know agencies that are in the same boat that have tons of copywriters that are maybe in-house that, you know, you say certainly people have lost, you know, freelance work or gigs or jobs because companies are cutting back. There's a lot of factors also going in with the economy that are going into that. It's not just generative AI that's doing this stuff. Um, but it's making all those copywriters now that are, the companies are investing in their copywriters or an example is I did a, a workshop with 10 content bloggers for a content production company that has tons of different content sites. They weren't firing their content writers to just use Jasper or anything. No, they were like, okay, we want to come have you come in and train our content writers on how to use Jasper the right way faster so that they can become more efficient and effective in their content workflows. So you get out of yeah. a workshop like that. Now you're not just training a new skill for somebody, but you're developing a skill set that's not only saving time, but it's improving your production quality. 
And so like, what does that open you up to do in your business? What role does that open up for the person that you're working with? Do they want to maybe step into a role that's bigger because they have more capacity now, or do they just love writing and they just want to crank out more and more articles? Well, now they can, right? So it's like, it opens up your ability to do more at, in terms of capacity in areas that you're already competent in. And knowing your areas of competency, knowing your workflows in your business are all going to really dictate like, where should you be using AI? Where do you need a human operating in this part of the process? And where can we streamline or automate stuff that, you know, we might've had to outsource and take three weeks before, but now it just takes 30 minutes to do this process because we're thinking smarter and leveraging this technology using our team and, or just like being solopreneurs too, in the same cases, like you can scale up your content yep. quite quickly with these tools um, for like your startup, for example. So we've talked a lot about copywriting, text content, ChatGPT, Jasper. What do you, where do you see video fitting into all of this in terms of AI right now? Well, I know video is video content. I mean, video is about to explode. I mean, it's already been like a big, like people have been talking about video for, you know, like it being the thing, especially for shorter form content. But I mean, I'm seeing these AI tools popping up that they're taking the text that you're generating and then they're turning that text into a video. And now you basically can say like, write me a, a YouTube video with a script and slides and a whole production process with captions and images. And the AI is just going to generate the entire thing for you. Like in a snap, like it's going to get scary how quickly you're going to be able to produce videos. Like, and like can I, you, yeah. that's, but is that all, are they pulling B roll and other footage and stuff for that whole video? Is that what you mean? I mean, like, You've seen like the deep fakes and stuff with them creating yeah. different videos of celebrities and all that. I mean, you're going to be able to create some very realistic looking video with this stuff. That's oh, for not sure, just, man. Yeah, I mean, like AI generated images, AI generated videos, like that. You know, I mean, I, and I think that all of that to say is still going to put the person, the speak, like the face behind, and like that. If you're doing that, I think people are going to give a lot more value to people that are speaking and they're showing up on camera and are having that face-to-face -face interaction because as we automate and as the robots take care of the things that we just don't want to necessarily touch because we don't want to, you know, do this or that or otherwise, like, again, more capacity, more bandwidth to build better, stronger relationships. Cause like, like you're not going anywhere, Alex. I hope not. We connected on LinkedIn, no. <laughs> you know, we're going to be, you know, hopefully connected for, for quite some time and, and build a relationship over time. But like, if all, if all you did was hear from me from like a spam bot of myself on LinkedIn, trying to send you to some right. event that was clearly not personalized or, I mean, like just because we're going to be able to do that and scale up everything in such a way, doesn't mean that we need to like, like, put to the wayside that like relationships are ultimately what's going to help move all of us down the line in business and, you know, success. That's my take on it anyway. So, you know, again, all agree, these tools man. doing that, like, I'm going to love the day that I can just like think of an idea for an awesome YouTube video and then like get it done with AI, put the production on it, put it out there and have it be something that's really valuable, right? You're going to have people that do this stuff and it's not going to be valuable at all. Google's going to say, mm -hmm. why are you spamming the world with your nonsense generated content? And people are going to get slapped as always happens whenever people are taking advantage of these new ways to produce content technology. But, you know, yep. again, if you're producing value and you're connecting with people and you're building relationships and community, then I think you're going to be in great shape so long as you just understand the tools you're working with and know how to leverage them appropriately to, you know, get you in front of more people. Yep. I agree. You know, even things like Descript and the different AI editing tools that are taking tasks that used to take a half an hour, an hour, an hour and a half. And they're in some cases trimming them down to a minute. So it's really wild. I mean, we've had some of these features for a while, like auto captions, but now they're getting more creative. And I think mm -hmm. that at some point, I'd be curious to hear what you think, but at some point, I'm sure you create a video and, and look at some day, is it going to be possible for them? You input a script and you record 10 minutes of yourself talking, doing hand gestures. And then any other script you put in after that, it just makes a video of you and it looks like you and feels like you and sounds like you. I'm sure that's got to be coming eventually. How far that is, I don't think we know, but I think before that probably comes software in the more short term where you record a video, like right now, I record a 60 second video of me talking about how to find clients on LinkedIn or when, when customers on LinkedIn, whatever it is. 
and then I put it in an editing software. And that thing just auto-generates 60 seconds worth of like really good editing. There's some stuff now, I've seen it, we've played with it, we've tried it, but it, it's hard, I'm finding it hard to match the style that we do, which is a little bit more on the creator, creator creativity side and just more creative than what most videos have. But have you seen anything out there that's, that's close to that where you just plug in a 60 second video and that thing comes back, it does crazy captions, it does some animation, it kind of brings the story to life? What's the closest thing you've seen to that? Well, I know Synthesia is a, a popular tool for like AI avatars right now. I've played around with it a little Dude, bit. I, I it, think there's, it <laughs> I don't want to knock anyone, but I just, I played with that. If I think this is the same software yeah. that you're thinking of, I'm almost positive it is. And I actually tested it out and it was like, it, it was, I used my own picture and stuff and it was real bad. And I've also seen videos in the LinkedIn feed. And this is where I think, Darby, I'm curious what you think. I think there's certain times where it's like, it's too early to use certain tactics yeah. and techniques and strategies. Like I saw a video in the LinkedIn feed the other day where it was like, hi, my name is Shelly and I'm with XYZ company. I'm like, really? Like the, the per and I know the person at the yeah. company and he's actually really charismatic and he's done videos before. And I'm like, dude, come on, bro. Like maybe if it gets to a certain point where literally we can't tell if that lady is, is AI or not, but do you think there's some cases where it's just like, I, I hey, think, it's not, I think it's what not we're going to get is voice generated AI is going to be there a lot quicker than like the video version of you. I tried that tool out For and sure. like, I kind of got the same vibe. I was just like, you know, like I would feel weird having this replace me right now. Like, <laughs> Yeah. It, and everyone was kind of like interesting, but it's kind of weird. Like, you know, and I, I, I yeah, I'm sure yeah. eventually we'll get there, but that For still sure. feels like the, that's where you want to make that person to person connection. And I, I get use cases for those types of avatars for like massive company tutorials. It's the voice in the background. It's fine. You can take care of it. But right. like some other tools for just like voice cloning, like I was with my fiance and I was using this tool. I was 11 labs getting pretty popular right now for kind of similar to well said labs for cloning your voice and engineering it. So you could basically put a mm -hmm. script in and you can have your voice generate. Well, I just came across a tool last week called tome, which will like basically create slideshow presentations from you and then use AI generated art to like help with populating images on the slides. Um, I haven't uh -huh. gotten to testing, uploading a voice of myself yet, but I believe it has that capability and if, if it does it's going to be there sooner than later like upload your for voice sure. we'll generate all the slides based on for your script might have written the script with ai and then here's your full presentation that you could have the voice over and have it do for you right i mean this stuff's still going to take some editing yeah. and some like quality control but i mean it's, yeah, it it's going to get pretty crazy how fast it's going to be able to pump that stuff out yes and I think to your point, like as all of this happens, it does put more value on the personalization and the human component and the real relationships. And yeah, use all the tools. We use them every day. I'm a big fan and they're going to get even better for sure. Take advantage of the technology, but don't think it just like replaces the human aspect. Because at the end of the day, one thing that we're never going to not be is human beings. We're always going to be a human being and we just by nature crave human connection and relationships and we're tribal and we want love and belonging. And I think that's the piece that like, that just can't be missed right now. Don't try to replace that. Use some of these tools as they become available strategically uh, to help you do your job better and more efficiently, but, but don't go too far into it where that's all you're doing. And it's just, no one knows who you really are and you're not really out there connecting with real people. Um, I'm going to wrap this up here, but I want to ask you, I'm, I'm always curious, like, are, is there any part of you that as you look at, not just in content and copywriting and like your business, but going above that society level, world level, is there any piece of you that's a little bit worried about where AI could go? Yeah, big time. And, and I say that because like right now we're wrapping up a, um, a course at uh, UC Berkeley where the whole concept behind this course was like AI and education and like, how do we use these tools to make a change in the world? And some of the, like the initial immediately, like a lot of fear from like the very beginning of this course, um, as we're working through is like, what are you worried about with this course? What scares you with it? Like what, what implications do you think this means? And I think there's a lot of questions and uncertainty around where these tools apply, not just in academia, but like in our personal lives. And are these going to take, like, are these going to take our own creativity away? Is this going to make us more or less of who we really are? And, and 
like a lot of questions and uncertainty in the air. And so I, I, I can resonate with that as well, because I, I just see as more and more of these tools are coming out as this industry gets faster and faster and faster, while it's exciting, it's also scary, especially for the people that like simply can't keep up. And I'm not saying that in a direct, like a negative way, but like it, I, I know people that I know are like, are extremely competent that are just like completely overwhelmed with like how fast this industry moves. And like, I don't even know where to start. Mm -hmm. And some people like will just not be able to keep up and like, they'll just have to step aside on that front. And I think that that as the, just because of like how many humans there are in the world, like, of course, people that are in the industry right now and learning the stuff and are understanding how to apply it, like you're going to be on like, you're still on the front edge of like what's going on right now because this technology is going to yeah. change the entire world and already is. But if you're not able or capable or able or willing to adapt and like, instead of just walking, start to jog and run and keep up with the stuff that's going on here, people will get left behind, unfortunately. And the, the depression and like the, the lack of fulfillment and the lack of purpose that I, that I know will hit, people who lose their jobs because of these tools who you know just are a bit behind the, the curve like that's going to lead to a lot of negative implications as well and so like those are things that i think we have a responsibility to be thinking about that right now in terms of how do we and it, it's why we're focusing so much at education at my company for like how do you like take these tools as generative ai tools how can you understand how to use them and implement them like in your own life and actually have like live a better life as a result of it and like, like yes. limiting the overwhelm with it, helping people get on board with it, using the tools for career advancement and doing that. And like we're creating the generative AI university for that manner so that people can help with getting up to speed with this stuff that colleges still aren't even at that level to where they're implementing it. Like, again, I mentioned right. doing the course with Berkeley right now, like we were having that conversation before ChatGPT. And so like chat started like, and that was a huge conversation in the school right obviously like the semester starting students are starting to use this stuff but you know there's a huge curiosity with it too and i think that people like anyone getting into this right now and like while it might be overwhelming while it might be scary and there's a lot of fear surrounding like the potential like ethical use cases of it with like copywriting infringement and, and like yeah. is it stealing artists royalty it, all the questions that come with it is like understand that it's fast and it's not going to slow down. And while we might want it to slow down, I, I don't see that necessarily being the case. And so like taking a step into learning, being willing to like not be in <laughs> a pro at it right out the gate, but like think about the ways that you can actively put any number of these tools into your own life to make your own life better is a great place to start. Even if that's just like writing letters to like members of your family that you haven't, you know, that you wish you wrote to more time, right? Like, like if you had a, a Valentine's day, um, that the Gen AI conference that Jasper put on in San Francisco in February, there was a Valentine's day booth because it was Valentine's day <laughs> that we were doing this conference and people were literally like writing Valentine's letters. And I, I saw people crying because they were like, Oh my gosh, like I can wow. never articulate this for saying wow. it but again so, it's because you're you know it's not just generic stuff it's like hey put in a little information about your loved one here okay this that and that okay jasper yeah. help me out with it it's like wow it's helping you communicate better it's helping you communicate more effectively and what is being human other than us communicating and helping each other you know become the best versions of ourselves? and so that's where i hope I we're like going with that, ai man. and that's what i hope to bring others along you know with us that are actively learning about this stuff because it moves fast but you know, it's an exciting time to be alive, you know, to say the least. It is. It is. I like the positive spin on that. And I like the, hey, you don't need, it's not that you need to be a copywriter or a business owner or an entrepreneur. Like, you know, you can start by doing some of the things that you mentioned, real life applications. And that's part of this show, as I kind of told you when we first started talking, is that, you know, not just to build your business, but to enhance your life. And that's what we hope. Is there, I'm going to go a little bit dark here for a second. Is there any chance that you think that eventually AI gets so powerful gets in the wrong hands of country power or the ai starts manipulating things itself because it's that good that it goes like that do you ever think about that i mean i try not to think about it because there's not a whole lot that i'm able to like do necessarily right. to stop yeah. something like that from happening yeah. um 
mean, if there is, and someone tell me, but um, I think that's a very real, valid concern. And I, I know, like, and even like Sam Altman and was on an interview recently that he kind of, I don't know if you saw that, but I mean, like, yeah, like there's a reason to like be concerned about these things. And I think taking preventative measures in case something goes wrong is like a necessity. Um, you know, again, it's like with great power comes great responsibility. And there you go. It, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, like everyone, not unfortunately, but like if everyone has access to this technology and be able to do stuff with it, then, you know, we've got to have safeguards in some way, shape or form to be able to help monitor it. And yeah. like, you see like even issues with like some of these, like, I don't know if it was Google or Microsoft, one of the, the AIs that came up after like chat GPT kind of blew up. They're like, Oh, well we decided to take it down for, because it was giving people like bad advice or like it, it was not, mm. it was responding in such a way that was like really kind of scary that it would be telling somebody that, to do something that was like maybe harmful or potentially like that. And so like, I'm, I, I see like, especially on the people that are developing these tools, like the responsibility to like <laughs> figure like something out to where like these tools aren't like being used for evil purposes, but you know, humans being humans, there's always going to be great people out there. There's always going to be bad people out there. And so, you know, I'm just trying to do my good at, at where I, where I That's can impact right. and make the most impact, you know, that's right, man. Control what you can control. Darby, this has been amazing, man. I really appreciate you being on the show. And I definitely hope and know that we'll continue to talk past this. But where can people find you, get in touch with you, work with you, any of that? Sure. Yeah, no, thank you again for having me here, Alex. Um, anyone that's interested in connecting with me personally, um, LinkedIn's probably the best place to just reach out. Um, but I'm on all social medias at Darby A. Rollins. And then if you want to learn about kind of what we're up to um, on the AI side of education and business growth, go over to theaiauthor.com as well as the AI author on any of the social handles um, where we're talking about education training. Um, we have a community as well of um, content creators, marketers, entrepreneurs that are using this these tools for for growing their business and just living better lives. So beautiful, Darby. Thanks so much for being on the show, man. I appreciate it. You bet. Thank you.